Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello and hi, this is Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Top Cosmos, Insightful Conversations, Awakening Your Consciousness. And that is exactly the focus for today, which is May 7th, because in a week, Jupiter, the largest planet in our solar system, is going to revisit its cycle in Taurus. It has a 12-year cycle that repeats back to the same sign and will last for a year. And it's a time that we can manifest dreams aligned to our values, purpose, and meaning. So we are ready now for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. And I'm Dr. Laura Tutt. I work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with students and clients around the world. As a counselor, writer, and educator, I love helping people recognize their inner strength, take advantage of auspicious moments, and navigate times of challenge with greater ease. On my own podcast, Mythic Sky Storytime, I discuss astrology, mythology, and actualizing our full potential. Holding a PhD in human science, my doctoral thesis titled Guided by Celestial Light in a World of Artificial Illumination explores the lived experience of contemporary Western astrologers. In addition to my astrological work, I have a course in personal mythology that explores the stories we carry from our ancestors and the impact those narratives have on our lives. And as the ancient hermetic code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so hello. Hi, Laura, Dr. Tad. It's so good to see you. And Yes, it's great to be back. Yes, here I'm going to start right off because on our slides here, we have, oh, why isn't it doing, oh yes, there we are, to connect with Laura. Her website is Mythic Skies, Mythic Sky rather, and if you want to check on the slides, it will give a better bio of who we are. And we are talking about Jupiter, the big conscious expansion energy. <laughs> yeah, the the father of the well, he he's yeah, he's he's the biggest planet in the solar system, right? And archetypally, Jupiter's Zeus. In the Greek pantheon, right? So yes. Large leadership or in charge, but maybe egoic, particularly in the Zeus manifestation of Jupiter. Um, planet, right? This 
large, larger than life presence, right? That's part of Jupiter being the, the largest planet that we know of in our solar system um, is that huge presence um, and the impact right from an astronomical perspective of from a gravitational perspective, the impact that Jupiter has on everything around it. Um, and so it's a big, it's a big presence. It's a big impact, even though it's not, you know, astrologically, we look at the personal planets. It's also that shift astrologically, right? We talk about the sun and moon and Mercury and Venus and Mars being the personal planets and Jupiter's the beginning of that shift right? With Jupiter oh, and yes, Saturn are often referred to exactly. as the social planets. Yes, indeed. Because they're not generational, like Pluto that's in a sign for a decade sometimes or longer, um, but it's in a sign for a year typically. Um, so all the way through the Zodiac in 12 years. And so we look at Jupiter as the beginning of that transition from the personal astrology to the social astrology, that it's our interaction with the world around us in a way that the personal planets are more internal than we begin to see with Jupiter. Because we, very wonderful, we have interactions and it's based on what do we value, you know, and particularly in Taurus here, you know, with, with Taurus's idea of the archetype of our bringing spirit into matter. It's where we find what we value in life to have our resources to use for our, for the purpose of living for life, you know, whether it's art, music in these dynamics and it's in our senses with a body, you know, matter, it's form, it's earth sign. It's a very grounded energy, but yet here we are with Zeus the consciousness of our visions, isn't it right? You know, what's beyond, whether it's higher education or whether it's other cultures. Well, this is more Sagittarius, but it's still. Would, well, but they're related. They have a relationship, right? Jupiter is associated with Sag. And, um, and part of that expansiveness or that Taurian energy too, right? As he's moving into Taurus, Taurus of the earth signs, I always feel like Taurus is the most earth in terms of elementally in the real like tangible world, not astrological elements, but the ground, the earth engaging with the natural world. Taurus is the most associated with the natural world of the earth signs. Um, you know, it's I people, I often talk to clients with moon in Taurus and say like, you literally need hands in the dirt like for them to feel emotionally grounded, go garden, like hands in the dirt, walk barefoot, engage with the element. And that helps people with Taurus moons find emotional grounding because they need to engage with the earth in a way that not, it's good for all of us, but sometimes others need it more. Um, and, and so this, you know, it, it also governs the, the sensory experience. Right, all of the senses. It's the tactile our language. experience. Yes. The tactile experience of the world is very Taurian. And so with Jupiter ingressing in a few weeks, you know, or you know, that that will 
there's going to be an amplification of that, particularly because it's Jupiter, because Jupiter expands everything it comes in contact with, um, that this greater attention, consciously or unconsciously, being put on this, how we, our sensory experience of the world. For any of us that have strong planets strongly in Taurus, you and I were talking about how pivotal these, when I say these, this particular cycle of when, 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 when Jupiter is in Taurus, how significant it is. It's really turning points. And really, yeah. and I think also it must relate in part to this body sensory part of, of working with the world. It's, it's, you know, it's a language. Our body's a language. And, you know, it doesn't say hello. It says hello, but it does it in various, you know, uh, through smell, through taste, through sight, and through how you feel, your whole body. I know I have Mars in Taurus, and I think you're saying you have South Node. South Node, Chiron, and Jupiter. Aha, you have Jupiter. Um, <laughs> That's right. Back to the... But, but I think, too, I mean, I think some of that with Jupiter, regardless of sign, is that it's one of the few planets where we can really track the cycles in a different way because it's like, well, looking at the Venus cycle, well, Venus is going to be in the same place roughly every year. So tracking what she's representing for you individually isn't as obvious because it's happening every single year or even Mars. It's like, oh, well, it's every other year. It's not necessarily as the, the shift or the demarcation of the transition isn't necessarily as clear. Mm-hmm. But when we get to Jupiter, it's a 12 year cycle. It hasn't happened for a little over a decade. And yet we experience you know, six of them, seven of them in a lifetime. No, six maybe, right? I mean, five years, five cycles is a 60-year cycle, right? So if you live yeah. into your 70s and or 80s, you're dealing with six or seven cycles of this. And so you can really start to unpack patterns um, in a way that I was saying, like, well, the moon's in the same place every month. It's not going to necessarily be as sort of shining a light on personal pattern that's showing up. Um, And we get that a little bit with Saturn, but not as much so, right? It's like, if we live into our 90s, we get three. It's not as clearly evident of the repeated pattern um, that we can see with Jupiter. And so that is one of the things that I think could be really helpful for individuals who are trying to understand, well, what might this transit mean for me personally is when you can just look at the dates and regardless you might you don't even need to know your chart you can look at the dates that we've got a slide for and just say oh well what was happening in these periods of time repeatedly and could even do some forecasting for yourself saying well every time Jupiter has been here this has happened here's a repeated theme and that it's likely some version of that to show up in this next year. Yes, and the last time was in 
2011 to June 2012, but it systematically goes back. I'll read it. It was in 1999, 2000, then it was 1988 to 89, 76 to 77, 64 to 65, just when Uranus and Pluto were conjuncting, 52 to 53, and then back at 4041, which is interestingly is right when, which we'll be talking about ahead, when Uranus conjuncts with Jupiter, both in Taurus, which it will next year. But yeah. these dates yeah. just and on an immediate, go ahead, basis. Or yeah, yeah. So just that's a, what I'm saying. It's like, so we can all sort of look at these dates and for those periods that we were incarnated, go, okay, what was happening during that period? What was happening during that period? And what might, what themes might jump off the page? Right? Like, yes, I know that I have a Jupiter in Taurus and so does my sister. And I don't know necessarily off the top of my head if they're conjunct, but I know when she was born. And so I know I, I can see, oh, there's a theme of her, of the impact of having multiple siblings, but she was finally the first girl. I finally had a sister. I had two little brothers. I finally got, there was finally another girl. <laughs> um, Right, like similar consciousness, probably a yeah. similar consciousness. Here she has this large planet of, of in Jupiter that really does give a I mean, Zeus is consciousness. I mean, it is this. Help me on this. I, I'm trying to explain, but that it's it's our philosophy. You know, Sagittarius, yeah. and that it's our philosophy. It's our culture. It's how we. Put, it's patterns, big ideas, that you're putting big together concept, mm -hmm. right? big ideas, big concepts yes. that we associate with Sagittarius. And that even I remember years ago talking to some other astrologers about psychology falling in the domain of Sag and Jupiter, and that it's the study of psychology that would fall in that domain. Psychological processing work that's eighth house Scorpio for sure, right? Because you're unpacking things that are hidden and unearthing stuff that's scorpionic but the theory psychological theory mm. would fall in the jupiter sag domain yeah i've been fascinated right? the intellectual so the analysis the analysis part of it is much more sagittarian jupiter right what's the what's the big picture let me understand what are the and in some ways like what are the themes the patterns as you were saying too what the are the themes. patterns what are the, the themes threads. that are showing up even like we're talking about, oh, we can track these themes. Jupiter itself could even be representative of the existence of them, right? And he, that's even part of the mythology is the repeated pattern that Jupiter plays out, right? His father, Saturn or Kronos and Zeus in the Greek myths, right? Um, Uranus, it's predicted that for Uranus, that his son will usurp him. Saturn usurps his father. It's predicted that Saturn, it's predicted for Saturn that his son will usurp him. And that's what transpires with Zeus, right? There's again, this like repeated pattern of the new generation coming in, overtaking the previous. Um, and it, so even in the mythology, we see repeated patterns of 
the new coming in and transforming and the creating a, a new pattern or new thing going yes. forward. Yes, and, and just to clarify a little bit for those people that perhaps are not as focused on all this uh, mythology, which you and I share so much, but Uranus, the sky god, is chaos, you know, rampant, just birthing uh, life with Gaia, the nature of life. And then Saturn, that we represent time that humans use a lot. You know, the earth spins day and night. We go around, we have the seasons, but we live in a time-oriented world. You usurped that power and had very regulated time, order, from chaos, order. But then Zeus, and perhaps we'll be talking about this more in our next talk, won't we be? But at any rate, Zeus comes along and says, hey, we're going to individuate that. I'm going to make my own choices, thank you, on my own belief patterns and good or bad and live the consequences and learn about how to connect. So that's where we're at, in a sense. I mean, I'm seeing this as the backbone, but it's right. What Almost what goes around comes around. I'm beginning to go out there on a tangent, maybe from our central focus, but that, yes. Well, just that there's the repeated theme. I mean, the whole reason that Athena is born from his head is fear that he will be usurped by his children. He oh, yes. swallows Meta, who's... Athena's mother, and then Athena's born from his head. There's this repeated pattern of the child usurping the parent, right? And that's part, and I just was bringing it in because if we're talking about these very clear patterns that Jupiter illuminates for us, even the mythology shows these repeated patterns. And so there's something about Jupiter, I think, as an archetype that is about looking for the patterns, looking for what is where are there the consistency in the growth, right? That like, what's the, the peeling of the onion that is happening with these cycles that even though there's themes, ideally we've grown some since the last time Jupiter was in Taurus. And so even if thematically the same thing shows up, it won't be identical. Um, no. Because we've done work and we're, you can't step in the same river twice. Um, Right. And so even if you're in the same part of the river, the river has changed. Um, and and so looking, you know, that there'll be thematically things happen. But if this period of time was really challenging for you, that doesn't mean that it's going to be awful again. It may be that the growth that came out of that, that there's similar opportunities for growth. Yes. Do we want to share a little bit about some of the patterns that went on, or shall we go to the next? I'm just thinking, what do we have here? We have the chart for this event happening, which is on the 16th of May in one week, and it will be from universal time, which is also Greenwich Mean Time here at at this time of the year in London or Greenwich, it would be in the evening at 519, that's five o'clock, 19 minutes and 50 seconds PM. So it has on a global basis, 
this chart that if we look at a chart, we look where, where are we collectively consciously focused. And interestingly, the angle of entry for the ascendant is right close to our south node energy in Scorpio, zero degrees, actually, mm -hmm. which means it could it signifies a certain releasing of pers personally feeling how are we releasing th this uh, the change you know it, it scorpio is ruled by two rulers but the modern ruler is pluto which um yeah well and i think too because it's the south node it's what are we the letting go of the past to move forward what and then the concretizing which is so so earthy right it's like so the release of the old letting go of the old and then cultivating building manifesting something new which is that north node in taurus um that'll be happening simultaneously and and so this you know what what are you going to replace with what you let go of it's Oftentimes we need to let go. We need to shed what's no longer serving us. Okay, but now what are you going to do? What are you going to replace it with? How are you going to move forward? And in some ways, I think that Jupiter conjunction may really help us to get clarity on that. Um, Later. Uh, like oh, a, you mean the as Jupiter. In that conjunction, Jupiter conjunct the North Node as it ingresses oh, into Taurus. And it is for those folks that are looking on the chart where it is, that's over on the very right hand side as we're facing it, as we call the descendant going into the seventh uh, area, yeah. area of other people. And it looks like a little, well, like a four. Jupiter's like a four at zero um, degree. Yeah. Taurus. And I think maybe part of that, with that being in the world chart, is what we're going to create, what we're going to replace, what we let go of with can't be done by ourselves and that's part hmm. of the seventh house piece of it is the other what how are we going to create co-create what are we going to co-create to replace what we're letting go of and also the idea that if we're letting go in that scorpionic sense that we've been going through the nodes last for 18 months are going to be leaving or at the tail end of it but that's where we share our resources and exchange our resources not like bartering but in a sense it's like i have goods you have goods we have perhaps i mean it's very deep relationships whether it's marriage or business or however but we get life source through those exchanges but here jupiter is perhaps really saying what do you individually own as your own resources and what one-to-one -one relationships are really in your best service let's release those that are not really in your best interest to 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 build this life because in taurus the strength of life the the, the is, is so strong it's survival you know it, it wants to yeah grow. and i think there may be a piece of this you know so in pulling in the plutonian part because pluto's squaring this in yes us, it's right? intention it. let's get some action and so i think you know looking at the world chart with pluto being in the third for this ingress then I, there's a bit of sort of like transforming the story that we tell, right? With the third house governing communication, right? So how are we changing the narrative? And it doesn't mean that what 
it's non-truth and maybe what we've been saying is true, but maybe there's a need, it's sort of like a choose your own adventure, like taking and making a different choice. Oh, you're talking my language. Changing the narrative. Where do you want to go as opposed to that samskara rut of the skipping record that isn't untrue. It's just maybe not no longer supportive. And so what is the new story to tell? so that you can go into that expansive energy that is Jupiter, that allows, you know, they say, I remember years ago, one of my first astrology teachers talked about, she said, there's no such thing as a bad Jupiter transit. The only caveat to that is taking on too much too fast, overindulgence. Uh Yes. And that's definitely a vulnerability with it in Taurus is the excess, because it governs the sensory experience, Mm. The excess, excess food, excess alcohol, ex- right? Uh, not from an a addiction issue, but in that it's also enjoyable. Pleasure, exactly. But, I, right, an excess right. of pleasure to the point that it's detrimental. And that, you know, that doing things that are pleasurable are great, but moderation is important. And for our well-being, Right. I often I've joked with people. I was like with that idea of like, you know, no such thing as a bad Jupiter transit. Jupiter conjunct the sun for people who are suns in Taurus. I have seen repeatedly with clients Jupiter transiting the sun can lead to weight gain because it's an expansion of self. And that can (laughs) be physical. (laughs) Yeah. Well, taste does. Yes. When I really love mindful of that. Well, I, re- Laura, I love how you're focusing on the story, whether we want to take that narrative as a new adventure or that. I remember back on the equinox, because we have, I have this additional panel with a vibra- vibrational astrology with Linda Berry and Richard Smoot. And the theme there is our interconnective stories. Back at the solstice, it was our story. Now it's the interconnected stories, which is a very fascinating focus, but very true. And here you're bringing this up with the changing of the sign of Taurus. And because of his position on the global terms, I'm just to bring people back to how I'm looking at this. So it's totally a significance because if we're having adventures, how are we sharing them? Who do we want to share them with? And gaining that new relationship. It's very exciting as we go ahead. Well, we have almost now time to break away. If you have a last thought and then we'll come back. I think, yeah, why don't we come off? I'll bring it up when we get back from the break so we don't get too far down the road. Okay, we'll tie this together further. We have new adventures in store for you. And this is Talk Cosmos, May 7th with Planet Buzz. I'm with Dr. Laura Tad. Thank you. We'll be right back. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Taurus. By leaving a cycle based upon initiation, 
The energy of Taurus integrates spirit into a solid form of matter that is tangible and physical. It's an earth sign concerned with self-sufficiency and the values to maintain the strength of a life form throughout its survival. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's best neuroenergetic balancing, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Code Sunday. That means Dr. Nels and Linda Rasmussen will join us in the studio. Together, they can help you and your animal friends with emotional, behavioral, and physical issues. Plan to call in for your free remote treatments. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Hello, we're back again, and we're... Oh, I want to ask you, and I hadn't before... Do you have anything coming up as an event or special? Not that is locked in for dates yet. So there's stuff in the works. Um, I, you know, as you know, I helped run a retreat in Nicaragua back in February and beginning of March. So there's that will be happening again, similar time next year. I don't have the exact dates yet. Um, And I'm headed to Ireland to do some scouting to uh, run a retreat in Ireland next summer. So I'll be doing some scouting when I'm in Ireland. Oh um, boy, but we will find out. Come up with a retreat for Ireland for next year. The Emerald Isle. Oh my goodness. Beautiful. All right. Well, then we will return here to our slides. Thank you very much, Nathan. Our great support. Now we have here, this is the world chart. Let's move. And as I said, May 16th is when Jupiter ingresses, and that's astrology language, into Taurus for its year cycle. It'll be from May 16th this year until May 25th of next year. So actually it'll be- Yeah, I mean, it's almost exactly a year this time around. It's pretty remarkable. It is. Now here, what do I, oh, here we have for the United States. Yes, thank you. The same chart, but it will be at one in the afternoon, one nineteen and 49 seconds on. Well, and it's interesting because even though for folks who are watching the video, everything is pivoted backwards from the UK, yeah. um, that we're still seeing this communication theme because now instead of the scorpionic, Ascendant that then led us to Pluto. Mm. We still have the Pluto square going on, but we're now dealing with the Virgo rising, which means Mercury becomes the ruler of the chart and is the dominant sort of overarching layer of all of this. And so we still get this theme around communication showing up, even though it's 
in a different house and we're dealing with a different archetypal planet and that planet's in a different sign, um, that this theme around communication is holding true even in a different part of the world. And perhaps really emphasize because it is in the ninth house. The ninth house, which mm-hmm. archetypally is about our the law, the higher education, other cultures, uh, visions of, of uh, not visions, yet it is out above yeah. higher mind. So a philosophy, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say, belief patterns, huge, like yeah. the Sagittarius. And the sun is so close to the top. So we're really thinking of our identity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in this chart. And who's the mastery of yeah, well, and thinking, you know, so with the sun very close to the midheaven and the transmedium Edgar Casey talked about how, for him, the most important planet in the chart was the one closest to the midheaven. Mm. Um, so, you know, for natally, that can be anything for all of us, right? For yeah. me, it's Pluto. Um, that yeah, for- So... But so for this chart, you know, we're dealing with it the closest and regardless of what side of the midheaven that it falls on, it's simply yeah. the planet for me, closest to the it's midheaven. Venus and Uranus exactly conjunct. So it's like speaking of arch- uh, the dreams and archetypes. And the mythology. midheaven being, you know, how are we presenting ourselves to the world? What are we going out? How does the world perceive us, right? And so if we're looking at this from a mundane level, but this is the U.S. chart, it's like, so the value, how the values of the U.S. are seen or how we are seen in relation to what we espouse to be our values as a nation, if we're looking at this as the U.S. chart because it's cast for D.C., um, you know, that may be part of this the it even though everything will keep moving, this ingress, it's like a birth chart, right? Well, and it's so it's for- this moment of the ingress, okay, so this cycle, this year of May to May is, this will be the themes we may be seeing throughout the year, even though everything will continue to move. Like a seed point. Yes, indeed. Like a yeah. seed point. And in to tie in what you had said earlier about our, well, however it is, our personal charts. Like for me, it will be in my eighth house. So mm. I will be personally working for a cult and for my resources, expanding them, I suppose, with other people. But it, but on a sort of personal basis, which does make sense. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, you know, for different, just to tie in, and here it is for the nation where we're focused with our ideals of philosophies and belief patterns, which we're constantly working on. But yeah, but then for those of you who know your own charts, think, I mean, that will be, where you start seeing the themes, right? That um, the ingress will occur in my fifth, even though, um, you know, and so one of the themes that shows up for me with Jupiter is the birth of children that are significant people in my life. And it's in, even though that's not where my natal Jupiter is, the themes are often, it's my sister and really important friends' children are the, right, 2000, and the 2011 and the 89 was the birth of my sister. So these 
kids showing up in my world that are really significant people is one of the themes in my pattern, right? So people know their own charts, seeing, okay, that the themes that show up will likely have something to do with the archetypes of the house and um, maybe the ruler, you know, and where your Venus is, given that we're looking at Taurus. Here right? are those so. years again, since this relates exactly to what we're talking about. It is so true because when I look at my own themes, as it is in the eighth house, and it is approaching that, just to tie in how a person might look at their own chart, it's tying into my Mars, which is in Taurus in the eighth. It, it really has definite new actions. I totally transform many of my deep, deepest relationships that are pivotal to my survival in these years. So it's, it is a, yes. Well, moving ahead, let's see, where are we? Yeah. Oh, I think you'd brought up and I, here we have a chart that, let's see, is that the right chart? Nope. It's next the next one. one. That's okay. the ingress. That, yeah. Oh, oh, this is the old but, one. Okay. Yeah. So. But this is when Jupiter and Uranus, which Uranus is in Taurus right now, and they make that conjunction every 83. Although the cycle is 84, I was adding it up. It's 83, 84 years that they connect. And this well, was the last one. Um, yeah. So they will connect at the end of this current cycle. And maybe we've got that chart later. But so the oh, last here I can time... do it. All right. Maybe we should jump to that. Here are the cycles if this is... And I, I do have the next one, if you'd rather do that one next, this is fine. Because it was just for those folks, every 83 years, they do connect. And the, going, the last one was 1941. Then prior to that was 1858. Now, moving ahead, it'll be next year, 2024. Well, and it, it's interesting to me that they do keep lining up because mathematically they wouldn't necessarily mm. right and so um jupiter right like uranus isn't in a sign for 12 years no no it takes not at all but it jupiter has a 12 year cycle right so um right so oh. it takes i don't know if i caught that but go ahead laura <laughs> i mean um, isn't 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 Ta Jupiter's always every 12 years in Taurus, no? It is, but Uranus isn't. No, isn't not at all. Exactly. For, no. Yeah. No. I'm, so I'm saying like it wouldn't necessarily be true with other signs. Um, but so you're this, what I was curious about because we've all been living with this Uranus in Taurus since what 2018 i think is when uranus got into well it has a seven eight year cycle and it yes. gets out in yeah all of a sudden with all the cycles i'm getting a little lost myself right but so my point being okay, so uranus ahead. has been there for a while mm -hmm, right true we've been dealing with this upheaval of uranus in taurus of the 
expect the unexpected with around at all these Torian things we've been talking about and bound values and security and all of that. That's been, you know, it was, I the think it was 2016, rise and fall. 2016 oh, yeah. Yeah. to 226, I think is it. Um, Go ahead. And, and so, you know, part of Uranus and Taurus may have something to do with like rise and fall of, of cryptocurrency. Right. Mm. Um, but I was curious, I was just playing with the chart, looking at this Jupiter ingress that then it's conjunction to, to Uranus, which is only a few days before it gets out of Taurus, before Jupiter gets out of Taurus. Or oh, like a month, right? Yes, that's it, right. It, because it'll be like May, May 25th. I think yes, the following month, and one month later, it one month leaves. later it's gone. Yes, that's right. And so it's really interesting, you know, that they they happen to line up because it's only there's only a month window where this could even be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because of how different their energies are, right? That that's right. One is on the ground, and, and one is in the heavens. <laughs> Well, right. I, I mean, mythologically, like we were talking before, Aronis, Uranus, right? He's his grandfather in myth, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 being the god, the archetype of expect the unexpected, right? That's very Chaos. much Uranian. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, or or just expect the unexpected. It doesn't have to very be. Very good. That's true. Um, Better way. Yep. And and revolution and innovation and what's cutting edge and atypical authentic yeah and so jupiter expanding all of that jupiter expanding what is revolutionary jupiter expanding Mm. what's cutting edge jupiter expanding and maybe chaos right maybe things feel initially that's true not to upset people here but just to if it upsets the norm then it seems chaotic until things kind of settle down and form a pattern again so yes. Well, um, and and you. when we're stuck, when we're stagnant, sometimes stuff has to be shaken up. Yes. Right? It it doesn't have to feel like we're living in a snow globe, but sometimes it feels that way. Um and, comfort is good, and, but, but yet, yes. <laughs> um yeah, but that need that that when we are stagnant, then we stuff does need to be shaken up because we're as beings who are incarnated, we are here to grow. We are here to evolve. And if we're stagnant for too long, you know, life can cease to have value, that Torian energy, that Torian archetype. And so needing to shake stuff up so we reconnect with our passion, so we reconnect with what's important to us. Yes, And so and- that maybe some of what shows up next April, May, um, in particular, when these two come together, and could possibly be two really interesting long-term impacts of of change, of revolution, of um, as it, in part looking back of okay, what happened the last time that these two connected in Taurus, um, and again, like not that it's identical, but we can look at it thematically. And see, okay, and ha- I do events have- that were powerful and have, we're still seeing the impact today and it- of things that happened 
83 years ago. I'm thinking since this is really an invitation for that story, that new story of an adventure. And I'm also thinking just as our talk that we say energy never gets destroyed, that it only gets reformed, that, and I'm looking at too the very fact that the, with this coming up in a week involves our refocus of the collective thinking of Scorpio there of, of releasing what isn't working here. It's another emphasis in a year with Uranus to readjust what might need new life, what might really give energy in, in a expansive form to, to yeah. revitalize things in, in that way. And there's so much more in this particular um, chart. But let's go ahead because we have some time here. Now, this is a comparative chart from the two eighty the times that Uranus with its 84-year cycle, 83-84, returns to connect with Jupiter and Taurus, now 1941 to now. But there's a significant change, I think. And it's looking with that energy of Pluto that is the consciousness of let's shed what is no longer giving us growth. Because at that, okay, but that's not really showing. It's opposing, it's opposing its position exactly to the degree last time it was in Leo showing our son, mm. you know, of manifestation. And now next year, cause this is projecting into 2024 mm -hmm. when we're concluding this year cycle, it's going to be in Aquarius, which it is right now as we speak, but in two degrees, but it'll be at that two degrees. Yeah, exactly. For the conjunction. So it'll be more yeah. like, well, okay, how are we now fitting into the collective of networking, of groups, of for the higher mm -hmm. good, we could say. And also Neptune, which is another consciousness of the world, of the greater forces beyond us, is going to be exactly opposing it too. So how we're approaching opposing itself. So Neptune, yes. it's a Neptune opposition. Thank you. Yes, yes, it will be. So this conjunction, and then interestingly at 21 degrees, it'll be what it was of our values. So maybe it'll be really reevaluating those values that we had on a whole new basis of our survival that won't be so revolutionary in war, which we were at that time in 1941, but perhaps on a new spectrum of how we're really going to connect on that one-to-one -one relationships for the growth of everybody. I um, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, when I was looking at what happened in May 41, you know, so there were two really big or three really big events that felt like they were tied in thematically that I saw. So one almost to the day was the release of Citizen Kane and the film. And for people who don't know or aren't film nerds, um, there's a reason that even now, 80 over 80 years later, 
that Citizen Kane is such a revered film that it's so it's considered the best film ever. Primarily, amazingly, yes, because primarily because of the cinematography and that to shoot it in the way that they did was absolutely never happened before. They literally invented cameras to get the shots that they got for this film. Um, and it completely revolutionized cinema going forward. Um, and so I, there, there's part of that and the visual experience, the sensory experience of cinema being revolutionized. Um, I mean, it was sort of on the scale of the first film ever being released, that level of cultural shift of perspective. Leading of edge. Yeah. Which, um, and, and so there is part of that potential. It's like if, if Uranus is about invention and Jupiter comes in contact is about that, right? Mm. This ex huge expansion of what's cutting edge and what's innovative yes. Beautiful. is part of that potential. Of course, the other two things very tied to World War II was it was both the begin the beginning swearing in as prime minister of both Stalin and Churchill. Now, Incredible. You know, you can put the politics aside of just being conscious of their influence globally, right? Whether you agree with their political choices or not is sort of immaterial to the influence that they had on the world with the decisions that they made and the leadership that they had and the impact that we're still feeling yes. from their leadership. That's very right? significant. So, again, like, so it doesn't mean, oh, we'll get another Stalin. It means we'll likely see leaders with similar long-term influence. Thank you. Not necessarily the same politics, but the same longevity of influence. Now, this chart at first seems like a lot, and I'm trying to devise a way to, when I have three charts on there, make it a little simpler, and the arrows help. But to focus on, I have the United States chart in the center. That is the independent chart on July 4th. And there's several, but this one is a Sibley chart that's often referred to at 510 in the evening in Philadelphia. And then in the middle chart, is 1941, the last time of this conjunction between Jupiter in Taurus, conjunct Uranus, both occurring for this year, but when they're actually together, which was in 1941. And then next year, the tw uh, 2024 conjunction. And as you can see, there's a, a couple of emphases tying it together for the United States. The big factor I'm going to just pull you into is the blue arrow there because the natal chart in the United States has Chiron, which is a consciousness of, 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 of where we alchemize our wounds to become rather than just our self uh, woe, of me it, to a greater purpose, to expand in service to others. And our national one is in Aries, which means briefly, is it okay to be me? Which when you think of the pilgrims and everybody here, they certainly left wondering that factor. And here we are still 
working and it's a return meaning that it it to me it's a very significant time of saying that we're addressing in a new fashion how to be me and in for myself thinking about this think connecting your words of patterns and stories perhaps we're really beginning to evolve i would hope into seeing how our identity can feed into a network globally and 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 not even globally but on a with our own nation be of support to one another because the other two factors are we look at those two conjunctions that are pluto's of transformation or are at the nodes of the united states and in 1941, it was on our north node, which is in Leo. I'm manifesting my highest needs of manifestation. Whereas this time coming up, it's going to be on our south node. So we need to release, I would think, that area that isn't functioning about how we think of our groups. Maybe they're too elitist. Maybe we need to expand it more. Um. Yeah, well, I, I think that that'll be part of the Pluto conjunct the South Node. I think it's also, um, I think we talked about this a little bit before of um, transforming, you know, that's where like maybe there's opportunities for reconciliation with the indigenous people of this continent. Oh, yes. With Right, because Uranus governs tribe, it also governs trauma, right? And so what's trauma needs to be transformed? What And that being part of, you know, and maybe the, the piece of it happening simultaneously with the Uranus-Jupiter conjunction is inventing, coming up with some, a, the way in which the solution to dealing with this historical trauma, the generational trauma, we have to come up with something that doesn't quite exist yet. The key, the answer to healing that is mm. something we don't yet know, is something we don't yet understand or hasn't yet been created. And that Jupiter Uranus particularly creating, I sort of think about with oh, the yes. Taurian energy, right? So what might have to be invented, literally created, as a solution to this generational trauma that as a country we're navigating, right? Of how do we move forward and be comfortable in our Chiron Aries identity. And yes, because in that case, this is an invitation to say, let's adventure. Who do I wanna have on a one-to-one basis to form new stories of growth? of my purpose, of my values, of my meaningfulness. It's got, it's, yeah. Jupiter's always wants to see the bright side of things. It's just, yes, it's the Pollyanna, right? Side is the Pollyanna of the Zodiac. So it feels good to feel you know. good sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such a pleasure um, always. With, yes, with great. You. Thanks for having me again. Always. Okay, this is Planet Buzz with Sue and Dr. Laura Tad. We'll be back again. And thank you so much. 
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 